0: Hey everybody, this is Hunter Howard. I'm the lead pastor of Encounter Church. Here at Encounter Church, our vision is helping people encounter God. And that's what I pray and hope for you today, that you will encounter God through this message. Enjoy. So, some of you have already hugged the special treat. Uh, Most of you already know um, "Misionera Felicia, as others call, as others. As others call her, Felicia. Officially, Felicia Brown. She's been away for, can you believe, four months at evangelism boot camp. She's going to share a lot more about it, but I know you guys, many of you were following her um, through this process and then was in the nation of Tanzania, uh, this, the first part of this month, where they saw over 300,000 people come to Jesus okay in a mostly muslim nation so you're gonna hear more about it from felicia but today we're so excited to have felicia back home felicia back in the house and i know liz wants to say more about her but i'm just so excited today that felicia is going to get to actually share the word with you guys here at encounter church all right so
1: You know, Felicia, you know her heart is just to serve God. And and I know, I mean, we love Felicia, you know. She's so precious to all of us. She's not only um a friend but she's just an inspiration for all of us to serve god an inspiration to my life i got to hear a lot through this process on messenger and it really like impacted me even for afar so you're gonna receive an impartation that's a big church word um if you don't know what it is you can google it but it's mainly you're gonna receive what she received so I want you to be ready with a heart because I don't think she's only going to bring the word to us but she's going to impart to us an, a special anointing to evangelize to to really become bold for Jesus and what's happening uh, in the kingdom of God right now in this earth in this country in in the nations so I am so excited let's give Felicia Brown a welcome home
2: amen can we all just stand? can we all just stand up and lift our hands to Jesus real quick let's give Jesus all the praise Jesus we love you Lord we adore you we thank you God we give you all the praise we give you all the honor we give you all the glory for what you are doing in Jesus name Amen Wow I am just so excited to be with you guys today. I look around, I see some faces that I've missed dearly and beautiful smiles. And then I see some faces I've never seen before that I can't wait to meet you and get to know you more. So I love it because it means encounter is growing, which means the kingdom of God is growing. So praise God. Um, Before I get to the word, I really just wanted to take a moment and honor some people because, the Bible says, give honor to whom honor is due. And there are people here today that honor is due. This isn't worshiping a person. This is honoring and loving them. So if you're part of the Encounter Church pastoral team overall, there's many of you. Could you just stand up for a second? We got Pastor Diana and Julian, Pastor Liz and Hunter, Pastor Bree and Caleb, Pastor RJ and Becca. Would you just, well, if you can, stand. These guys are amazing. Can you give God praise for these people? just I want to say I couldn't have gone for four months if it were not for them like each one of them stepped up and took on extra responsibility and you know not once were they ever discouraging about it or in a bad mood about it they were excited they've been encouraging to me they've been dear friends and family of mine and you know their encouragement and support has meant the world to me and so I am just so grateful for all of you. And specifically for Pastor Hunter and Liz, because these guys have been with them almost seven years. Can you believe that? July 4th of 2014, it'll be seven years. And they have led with such patience and passion towards Jesus. You know, there's not a moment or a situation I face that they haven't led with the word of God. They don't lead with their own opinions, with man's way of thinking. They go to prayer. They really seek God. They are authentic on the stage and off the stage. I tell them they are some of the healthiest leaders I know in the body of Christ right now. And Encounter, we are blessed to have them lead us. So praise God. Thank you guys. I love you. And especially Liz, because anywhere I go, Pastor Liz, it doesn't matter if I'm in Florida, in Tanzania, in the Philippines, and it doesn't matter if the time zone changes, she is there encouraging me. Uh, we laugh together over Messenger, share stories, and it's just, she's a great inspiration to my life too, so thank you. All right, so who's ready for the word of God? Yes, I have a word for you today called redeemed. Can you say redeemed? Now, this might sound like a big word to some of you, but by the end of this, it will be one of the most powerful words to your life. But before I talk about the word redeemed, let's read from the scripture. So let's read from 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 18 and 19. Oh, I love this screen in the back. <laughs> All right, it says, For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed. Woo! Say redemed. Redeemed. From the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors, but with what? Precious blood. The precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. Hallelujah! Amen. If you are a Christian, this verse should make you want to shout. Actually, it makes me want to shout so much, I'm going to read it again. Is that okay? Okay. 1 Peter 1, 18 to 19 says, For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors, but with the what? The precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. Praise God! I find it very interesting that Peter, in this verse, compares the blood of Christ to silver and gold. Have you ever thought about that? Because go back to verse 18. It says, not with perishable things such as silver or gold. Did you realize that silver and gold is some of the most precious items on the earth today? If I took gold, I could bury it in my yard. I don't know why I'd want to, but I could bury it in my yard and... 10,000 years later, whatever, it doesn't matter. If someone came along and dug it up, do you know it would be the same bar of gold? It doesn't decay. But if I cut my finger and I bled, it already immediately, as soon as it hits the air, starts to decay. And by the time it hits the ground, it's worth nothing. Yet Peter here says that the perishable thing is silver and gold, and the precious thing is the blood of Jesus. This is powerful. Now, I want to ask you a question today, and think about this. The Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave. But have you ever thought about what God could give you to show you he loved you? I mean, really, if he gave you a million dollars, would it show his love for you? I mean, a million dollars costs God nothing, right? It doesn't cost him anything. If he created a universe for you, I don't know what you would do with it, but it would cost him nothing, right? But he gave his very life's blood for you. That's how much he loves you. You know, something that hit me was this creation cost God nothing, but our salvation cost him everything. I'm gonna say that again. Creation costs God nothing, but your salvation cost him everything because he loves you. And I hope and pray that today, his love hits your heart in a whole new way. That it's something that the blood of Christ being shed for you goes beyond your mind and into your hearts. Because in this society, it's easy to just hear the gospel and it's just a mind thing, oh yeah, I know, Jesus died for me on the cross. But my friends, Jesus died for you on the cross. His blood was shed for you because God so loved the world that he gave. gave. And because of this, the blood of Jesus was the most expensive and costly substance in the world. And it makes it the most powerful substance in the world. This is amazing. My friends, doctors, you go to a doctor when you're sick right? You go for a stomach ache. they give you a pill that could cure your stomach ache, and it could give you side effects to give you a headache. Then you go back to the doctor and you get medicine for a headache. It's a different pill and that could cure your headache, but then it gives you another side effect. You go to another doctor because you're really anxious, he gives you a pill that could give you some peace, but then all of a sudden it gives you some, some other issues, right? There's many different remedies we have in the world today, but God has one remedy And that one remedy is the blood of Jesus. You know, if you need salvation, the blood of Jesus. If you need healing, the blood of Jesus. If you need deliverance from bondage, guess what? It's the blood of Jesus. It is the most costly. It is the most precious substance in the entire world. And I'm so glad to hear you guys saying amen to this. And you've thought about this. But I really, what I feel like the Lord wants to speak on today is this question. What have you been redeemed from? Now, I skipped this. I didn't mean to. But redeemed, the definition of redeemed means to liberate by payment of a ransom. So say you had a child. You and your spouse had a child as your only child. And someone kidnapped that child. They are now in bondage, correct? Yes, they're in danger right and then someone calls you up and says i have your child but the only way to get them back is to pay me a million dollars and then you sell all that you have right you get that million dollars you do what you can you go you get your child back you now have liberated your child by payment of a ransom and that's what the blood of jesus has done for us it's liberated us by the payment of the blood of jesus That was the payment. That's what we've been redeemed. But what have we been redeemed from? Just shout it out. What do you think you've been redeemed from? Sin? Sickness? Depression? These are good. Maybe some would say hell. These are good, but I want to read what the Bible says we've been redeemed by. Let's go back to that verse. You guys are going to memorize this verse by the end of this. Okay, it says, for you know that it was not with perishable things, such as silver or gold, that you have been redeemed. Now, I want you guys to read this sentence with me. From the empty way of life, handed down to you from your ancestors. Wow. This is what I want you to get. It doesn't say you've been redeemed from hell. It doesn't say you've been redeemed from sin. It doesn't say that you've been redeemed from depression. My friends, these are all true. But the key is you've been redeemed from an empty way of life. And all those are part of an empty way of life that we're living, but we've been redeemed from it. And I just want to say that sometimes the gospel is watered down to a get out of hell card. And we're waiting to the end of our life to actually enter into heaven and have purpose. Whereas the Bible says we've been redeemed from an empty way of life now, amen, listen. If you're, if the gospel doesn't affect your life here and now, then it is a fantasy to you. I love you. <laughs> it's good. I want to set you free today, right? We're open. If the gospel has not changed the way you live your life, then it's a fantasy. But there's good news because that can change today. You have been redeemed from an empty way of living. Praise God. I'm telling you, this is powerful. I love it. You know, everyone has a desire in them to have purpose. Everyone wants to do something that's going to last longer than them. You know, people, they, they become environmentalists and hug a lot of trees. They become animal activists, right? They save a lot of animals. They do all these things, They build monuments because they want something to last past themselves. They write books because they want something that can have their name and leave a legacy. They save a lot of money to pass down to next generations. They build businesses. Now I hope I have permission to offend you again, but listen to this. All the trees you hug are gonna die. All the animals you save will die. All the monuments you build will crumble and all that money you save will go away. And your name one day will not be remembered on the face of the earth. This is reality. That is an empty way of life. I mean, we can do good things, but it's not eternal. But there's really, really good news. We've been redeemed from an empty way of life, and it actually says that whenever we receive redemption in our lives, we now have supernatural power. From God to redeem everything we touch. We can redeem finances. We can redeem relationships. We can redeem health. We now can actually do something that's not empty. We can save souls that impact eternity. This is what we're invited to when we receive Jesus. It's not a get out of hell free card. It is relationship with God and it's having God living on the inside of me and on the inside of you. Now, listen, I just came back from Tanzania. I was there for three weeks. It was incredible, like incredible. And I knew all this stuff before in my head. You know what I'm saying? We studied the gospel, the power of the gospel, the power of the blood for three months, soul focus. We were seeing 100 salvations a week in Orlando on the streets. And we were seeing people literally getting up out of wheelchairs, miraculous happening. And what you go through in life changes how you see the Bible. It does. When you read the Bible, it just changes the color by which you see it. And so when I'm so passionate when I'm saying this, because it is alive to me, because I saw deaf ears open. I saw blind eyes open. Right. I, I saw people who were demonically oppressed get set free in an instant just by preaching this gospel. Just by proclaiming the blood of Jesus and what it really paid for, I didn't even have to lay my hands on them. And I don't have to lay my hands on you today because it is, the Holy Spirit is hovering here today. And just like in Genesis, when the Holy Spirit was covering the earth, right, over the waters, he was waiting on the word of God to be spoken. And as it was spoken, what happened? Things were created. And just today, and just like in Tanzania, when the word of God goes forth, the Holy Spirit moves. And so I'm believing that your life is going to be set free today. Totally set free. And so I think about evangelist Reinhard Bonnke. This man won 79 million people to Jesus. Talk about a life that was free from an empty way of living. When he was younger, he had two brothers, and his dad came up to them and they said, Hey, he asked one of his brothers, What do you want to do when you grow up? And he said, I want to be a doctor. He's like, awesome. And that brother grew up and was a doctor. He went to his other brother, and he said, what do you want to do when you grow up? And he said, I want to be a scientist. And that man grew up, and he was a scientist. And he got to Reinhardt. And Reinhardt's response to this is a revelation that I believe came from the Holy Spirit, and it's one that is for you today if you'll grab it. So his dad asked him, son, what do you want to do when you grow up? And you know what he said? He said, you know, I've just realized, Dad, that this, these mortal hands can build God's eternal kingdom. And this mortal mouth can proclaim his eternal gospel. And I can make an impact for eternity. Dad, I want to be a man of God. <laughs> I mean, come on. This is, it, it isn't just one person. God can use a person to shake a nation. God used Reinhard Bonnke to shake a continent of Africa literally 79 million documented salvations, like actually documented, plug into the local churches. He saw the dead raised even when they were dead three days. They came back to life under the power of the gospel. But it was this man's yes, but it is my heart today. I believe that God is looking for a generation of people who will say yes and lay down their lives and believe what he really says yeah. and take the freedom that he paid for to shake all of the nations. Yeah. It's not about one man. The only man it's about is Jesus. And he can use you and he wants to use you. Your mouth can proclaim the gospel to your coworkers. I'm not saying don't be a doctor, don't be a scientist, don't be a businessman. But what I'm saying is be a man of God, be a woman of God, share the gospel, believe what the word says is true. You can lay your hands on the sick, they shall recover. You don't have to be in bondage to sin. You can have freedom by laying down your life for the gospel and saying yes. I had a moment with the Lord recently. Actually, it was the beginning of my time in Orlando. And I was just laying on the ground and the father spoke to me and he said, I'm so proud of you. And I just started weeping. I'm like, why are you proud? I haven't done anything, God. And you know what he said to me? He said, I'm proud that you say yes. That's all I need is your yes. And that's all he needs from you today is a yes. And he can shake nations with your life. Amen. Amen. Now listen, I want to kind of end my message today with a story. It's a parable. Is that okay? Okay. It's actually a parable from Reinhard Bonnke. Uh, It's one of my favorites I've heard. And I feel like everyone in this room is going to find themselves in this parable. You're going to see exactly where you are. And by the end of it, a light's going to go off. And you're going to receive freedom at the end of this, okay? You guys ready for it? Okay. Now you know this isn't true. It's just a parable. Okay. (laughs) So there was a rich man. Everyone say a rich man. He had a big house. It had 10 rooms. It had five rooms up top and five rooms on the bottom. These rooms were massive. It had, ten bed, it had 10 bathrooms even in it. Each room had its own bathroom. I know, right? It had a great view. I like to picture it in the mountains because that's my favorite view on earth is mountains. And then all of a sudden, this man hears a knock in the middle of the day. And he's like, who is that? And he goes and he answers the door. He opens it up and guess who's there? Jesus! And he's shining like the sun! And he says, Jesus, I've heard of you. You heal people. You set people free. You bless people. Jesus, you're so good. You're so kind. Why don't you come inside and be my guest? Jesus, I will give you the best room in my house. It's got the best view. It's the largest. It's got the best bathroom. It is amazing. It is the master bedroom." And it is yours if you'll just come in and be my guest. And Jesus, being the gentleman that he is, says, sure, I would love to. He comes in, he goes upstairs, and he's in the master bedroom. Nighttime comes, and then all of a sudden, there's a terrible knock on the door. And the man's like, oh, my goodness, who is at my house at this time of night? And he goes, and he, instead of opening the door right open, he cracks it open. And guess who's there? the devil and he says oh no i've heard about you you bind people you torment them this is not good i don't want you in my house but by that time the enemy already had a toe in the door and this is how it works in real life we think we can just crack open the door and then his foot's in the door and then his elbow's in the door and then his shoulder and guess what happens He busts open the door and he torments that man all night long. And then the sun comes up and the devil runs out the back room. And the man is beaten up. He was no match for the enemy. And all of a sudden, Jesus comes down the stairs, shining like the sun. And he says, Jesus, I forgot you were here. Why didn't you come help me? And I've been tormented all night long. And Jesus says, well, yes, but you've given me one room. And you have nine rooms in this house. And he goes, you know what? You're you're, you're right. You're right. You're right. I'm sorry, Jesus. Forgive me. You know what? You can have five rooms in my house. You'll have the whole upstairs. I'll have the whole downstairs. And yes, this will be good. And Jesus, being the gentleman, says, thank you very much. And he goes upstairs, nighttime comes, guess what happens? Guess who's back? The devil! The devil! <laughs> and he busts in the door again, and he torments the guy with perverse thoughts, with anxiety, with stress, he can't sleep, nightmares all night long. And then the sun starts to come up, and the devil runs out the back door. Jesus comes down the stairs, shining like the sun. By this time, the man is angry. He's like, Jesus, I've given you 50% of my house, five rooms, and I have been tormented all night long. And you're supposed to set people free. Where were you? And Jesus says, yes, that's right. You've given me five rooms, but you still have five rooms. And he says, you're right, you're right. You know what, Jesus, I'll do this. Let's do this. You can have nine rooms of my house, okay, nine. And there's this one room, though. I really don't want you to see that room, okay? No one can see the stuff inside that room. So you can have all nine. But you know what? Finances, they're mine. You know what? There's some adult material in there. Nope, nope, I don't want anyone to see that. That that room is mine. I sleep in there. You can't go in there. The lies I've told my whole life, they're in this room. And I don't want them to be seen or heard. So you know what? You keep nine rooms. I'm just going to keep one room for me. And so Jesus says, okay, thank you very much. He goes back to his master bedroom. He now has nine rooms. And then that night, you guys know what happened, right? The devil came back. And you know what he did again? He bust through the door. And he tormented that guy all night long. All night long. It was miserable. The guy is at the end of his ropes, meaning like, He doesn't know what else he can do if he can go another day. I mean, he was tormented, and it's been night after night after night. And then the enemy runs out the back door. The sun comes up, and Jesus comes down the stairs, shining like the sun. And the man hits his knees, and he's crying out to him, Jesus, why won't you help me? I can't take this anymore. Some of you guys are here today. There's something you've struggled with for a long time. And in your heart, you're like, Jesus, where are you? I hear that you heal. I hear you deliver. I've done all this for you, Jesus. I've given you all this. I've served you in all these ways. But Jesus, why won't you help me? And you know what Jesus does? with his love and compassion, you know. He just puts his arm around him. And he says, son, let me help you. He said, right now, you own this house. And as the owner of the house, you're the protector of the house. You're the provider of the house because that's what an owner does. And I'm just a guest in your house. He said, why don't you do this? Why don't you give me your house, and I'll invite you to be a guest in my house. Yes, that's the invitation today. And so the man says, Jesus, you're right. I give you my house. I give you every blade of grass outside. I give you every room inside. I give you the deed. He gives him the deed. He hands him all the keys. He says, Jesus, have it all. Take it all. I'll just be a guest. And Jesus said, Thank you very much. He took the deed of the house and the keys. And then, all of a sudden, that night, do you know what happened? (laughs) Guess who was at the door? the The devil. And the man's knees start to shake because he knows what's there, he knows what's coming, he starts to sweat. He's so nervous, but he can't help himself to go near the door to open it. And Jesus taps him on his shoulder and he turns around. And Jesus says this, excuse me, sir, this is my house. And Jesus goes and he doesn't crack the door. He flies the door open because he's not afraid of anything. And do you know what happened? The devil looks at Jesus. His eyes get real big. He was not expecting to see him. And then he looks at the numbers on the house. And then he looks at Jesus. And he looks at the numbers on the house. And then he looks at Jesus. And then all of a sudden, he takes two steps back. And he kneels down on his knees. And he says, I'm sorry, sir. I must have the wrong house. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. My friends it doesn't matter what you're going through today I believe that some of you will find yourself in this story in my heart I know that some of you have only given Jesus 10% of your life and some have only given 50 and some of you maybe have given 90 and you've been in church your whole life and you followed an empty way of living handed down to you from your ancestors. And you're wondering, why can I not be free? I've done all this for you, Jesus. I've given you all this, I tithe. Why why are my finances not redeemed? Why can I be set free of these thoughts that I struggle with? Why do I feel so alone? Many of you are here today somewhere in this story And then there's some who've never even opened the door. But I believe that right now the Holy Spirit is knocking on your hearts. And as I've been sharing with you, the Holy Spirit's been convicting some of your hearts. And it's a blessing. And he's calling you to himself. He's putting his arms around you and saying, my son, my daughter, why don't you give yourself fully to me? let me be the owner of all that you have to own your kids to own your finances your house everything let me own it and you can be my guest. so right now I'm going to ask in just a second that everyone stands up but I just want to say this is a very holy moment and God is moving on hearts and so I ask that when you stand please do not move around but let's just focus in on Jesus and what the Holy Spirit's saying to us, okay? So let's stand.